Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. I'm talking with Joe Dixon in a second, and I could not be more excited. I had just read The House of Venom now and could not put it down. This is my type of thriller. It's atmospheric. It's very character-driven. It's set in Tasmania in the 1980s, which was super fun, and in 2017. And I cannot wait to talk with Joe today. This is going to be fantastic. It was just such a joy. I'm just, I couldn't have loved it more. And to be able to speak with you today is just oh, the complete icing on the cake. Yeah. It was wonderful. Oh my! Started to be talking to you. No, seriously. I'm, I I remember that when Danuka's first book came out, and you had shots of doing a little event at your shop, and it just looked so inviting oh, and adorable. And I just put it on my wish list. I thought that's what I want to do. When my book comes out, I want to go to Anna's shop. I don't even know how to get to Cronulla, but I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> when when your shop finds up, like no. I was actually devastated. It was so slow coming, the close and the redevelopment in general. I hadn't even realised that I hadn't got my head around it. I did not think it was going to happen. So my wish list was a mile long of authors that I had sitting in that chair. It took you years to get the house of now and then published, which I just find astounding that we almost missed out on this cracker of a read. (laughs) How many times you got close in 2017? But did you rework the story after that? Yeah, I didn't even get close in 2017. In 2017, I finished it. Oh, right. Um, started submitting it. So I would go to the Romance Writers Conference, even though it wasn't a romance book as such, because I'd have the opportunity to pitch directly to agents and editors <laughs> and had requests sent manuscript off and started getting beautiful rejections when I got a response. So I'd work it and rework it uh, and then pitch it again and get another rejection and do a bit more work on it. And then I started work on my second novel. So I put that one aside, The House of Now and Then Aside, started work on the second novel, got that finished, started pitching that, got requests, got rejected. So these books are out there, the manuscripts are out there for several years. And then I, I was sort of getting to the point where I think, what's the point of pitching this book? It's been rejected so many times. And then I had a spot with the Australian Society of Authors Literary Speed Dating, mm-hmm. and I very nearly didn't do it. Uh, and then because did it, it must just be so disheartening. Yeah, but you don't. Well, I did. There were times I gave up. Quite honestly, there were times okay. I I tried to walk away from it. I'd tell myself, you know, what is the point of doing this? Okay, I've written two novels now. Nobody wants them. I've got other things to do with my life. I've got other things that need me. That you know, I can put my energy into. I'm just it's wasting so my time. Consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. There are hours that go into it. And I'd I'd try walking away and I might put the writing down for a month. A new story would start ticking or a new idea and I'd have to come back to it. Um, And in the end, I guess I got there, which is both those manuscripts. Thank goodness for us that you did. 
Yeah. The house of now and then. Oh my goodness. It's so I love the dual timeline. I love a dual timeline. And I love the house that binds the two stories together. I, I love, you know, if these walls could talk and all that type of thinking. So it yeah. was just it's such a good story. Oh, thank you. It, I think because I'd worked on it for so long, I couldn't see it as a story anymore. And it wasn't that I didn't think it was any good. Obviously, I thought it was okay or else I wouldn't have kept pushing it out there. But the response that's come back is quite honestly astonished me. People have responded so strongly to it. There were times I thought it was just a red hot mess, to be quite honest. But people seem to, you know, they, they like it. They love it. Oh, I love loved the it. Yeah. I also really get the characters. So I love a character-driven anything novel. It's not something I ever really have found in thrillers until really recently, until I kind of just got over the fear of reading a thriller and now I can find my type of thrillers, which this very yeah. much is. But where is that? Yeah. Very character driven. Yeah. Which is really unusual because it didn't start out. I don't start with characters. It's a bit hard to explain. I start with a scenario that draws me in. In this case, I think my original scenario was a group of kids in Brisbane go to houses in Tasmania. That was the very first kernel. And I played around with that. And then I had another story idea about a woman. Again, another scenario I wanted to play with about a woman um, has messed up her life and runs away to Tasmania. Because a lot of people actually run away to Tasmania. <laughs> It's, it's my dream other. just <laughs> run away Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> I had these two story ideas and somehow they over a period of a year or so they, they were together. So I started with scenario and characters were there, but the fully rounded version of those characters really didn't come until in fact Tom, the guy from England. Yes. Really didn't come into his own until the editorial process. He was quite bland. Like, I'd, I'd really dropped the ball on him. But the editor just said, wow. no, I've got to do more, more with him. And now he's one of my favourite characters. I'm oh, I love Tom. And he's <laughs> absolutely 3D. Absolutely. I know exactly him completely. I know all of his motivations. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. Olivia. So she is the 2017 timeline. And gosh, you know her so well. <laughs> I knew her from the start but the fully fleshed out version that you get in the final book came over a long period of time I know a lot of writers will start with doing fully background books and do pages and pages of free writing of Dory of their character what have you I don't tend to do that I nut out the rough sketch of the characters put them into the story get them going see what they're going to do and then they will reveal themselves to me as the writing progress like I'll see them more and you know, the more time I spend with them the more I see them so sometimes they surprise me Wow. But gosh, that must be so labor intensive. <laughs> I'm just working on a new book at the moment. So book two, Excellent. which was a manuscript that was finished and is now an editorial. Yep. So I'm starting work on book three. And it's been a while since I've started from scratch. And I'm having to really work at it. It's, I start with big drawing pads. Ah, yes. Yeah. I just chuck down. Oh, where's a good one? Look, I just, I just scribble. Oh, wow. Oh, that is yeah. scribble. I mean... <laughs> There really are. And it probably, if people ask me for a writing tip, my strongest writing tip is that you learn the craft of writing, you know, get the books, read how to put a story together, structure, all the advice, write, practice writing, and then figure out what works for you. Because what works for me doing this on my free, yeah. free writing pads may not work at all for someone else. Wow. I plot. Yeah. Um, other people hate plotting, you know, 
writing. A lot of people hate plotting. So figure out how you write. And That's incredible. That. Or just, yeah, keep refining what's working, I guess, is your yes. advice. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. But exactly. gosh, it's incredible. So uh, there is one boiler that we will not mention. But when I text you because I just cannot stop <laughs> thinking about it, it so perfectly. I cannot believe how much I just, my head was spinning with the, <laughs> with the You know what's really funny? I think I know which part you, which bit you're talking about. That one chapter that stands mm. out. I am a plotter. I allow room for ideas to come as I'm working. And that bit was a surprise to me. That just came to me on about the third or fourth rewrite. And I just went, oh, my God, I said something stronger than that. Um, <laughs> well, I did I was reading it. I can tell you that and right I, I, was, I was literally so shocked. And I wrote the scene and it, it's never really changed that scene from the moment I first wrote it and it just left me gobsmacked and it changed everything and I think a lot of people like the ending because you can sit and ponder the ending and think there's so many what if or if onlys you know it, it's not all perfectly tied up with bows and yes. there's a little bit of sadness particularly um, yes. for a couple of characters and if yeah. and you can't help but get to the end of this book and think if only so-and-so hadn't done yes. XYZ, yes. these lives would have been so different. Yes. Have written to me and told me about lying there at night. On yes, it really different. is the perfect, like, oh, my goodness. When I was reading it, I just, I mean, I am lucky enough to be one of your friends on social media, but I do wonder if everybody has just messaged you with that, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've had that, um, particularly from friends who, when they're reading the book, go, I'm up to such and such bit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm just sitting there replying, yeah, just wait, just wait. <laughs> So having that, um, there's something delightful about following someone reading the book for the first time. Um, I think it would think make it, a great tandem book. Books like to be reading it along. Read along the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. think it's definitely one that there's so much going on that you do have to stop and, and chat along the way. Yeah. yeah. No, so yeah, good. Definitely. I can't wait to do it for the Aussie Thrill Seekers for Book Club because yeah. it's, there's so much that you've got to talk about. <laughs> this was one of the books that Dave told me oh man like you know you need a book club for this and you can't like it was funny I really enjoy talking to people who've read it now because I get excited about the ending and the characters and how the story unfolded and to talk to people who've read it and we we can't do yeah, it I know. People right now, <laughs> bring up all those things those twists and turns yes. um, and the unexpected and the what ifs and if onlys um, and to discuss what happened to these characters I, it, I love it I love talking about it yeah and we can't do it now <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but I wonder if that might be as close as you come then to being able to read this book for the first time, which you will not ever be able to experience mm. and which I feel so lucky to have had the good Aww. sense to. I, I bought it. I love you. I loved the interview that you had on Talking Aussie Books. I bought it straight away, but I just left it on the shelf and, yeah, thank goodness I picked it up because I couldn't have loved Aww. it more. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. I, I can never read the book and I wanted to listen to the audio book, which is as close as I can get to experiencing it. So I've listened to some of the audio book, which I quite enjoyed. But So good. Some of the yeah. sentences, I just, they are beautifully constructed. This is a beautiful oh, book to read. <laughs> and I think I've always, always written. Years and years ago, when I first got serious about writing, we're going back to about 2009, and I came to the realisation, though, that Putting a good sentence together, putting a nice sentence together is not writing a book. 
it's just putting a good sentence together. Yeah. That writing a story yeah. is about so much more than, than pretty words or atmospheric sentences and what yes. have you. Certainly in commercial fiction. Yeah. You've got to bring on the emotions and you've got to bring on the story arcs and the, the cliffhangers and all those techniques yes. that pull the reader through a story and, and get you invested. So to hear that the writing is actually still nice oh. is actually really <laughs> There were so many scenes where you could just smell the fresh air and all oh, the fish and yeah. chips as they're walking through the park or the the candle right at the start beautiful writing yeah. <laughs> really oh thank you thank you thank you so much oh sorry to gush <laughs> oh no gush gush away <laughs> oh my goodness it was just such a long road for you to have published the novel but i'm just i'm so grateful to have read it oh it's wonderful oh thank that's you. so lovely with the revenge porn storyline that you've got going the yeah. the 2017 the modern day one i cannot believe it's only just recently for me now that I feel so sorry for these people. Like when you look back at Monica Lewinsky, you just wonder why were we joking about her? What were we thinking? Where were our heads? Yeah, We have progressed since then, thank goodness. But Olivia's yeah. storyline really left me thinking we've got a long way to go. Yeah. yeah. The tools to create it, to create those weapons, taking someone's intimate moments and weaponizing them. It's easier and more prolific probably now than ever. Um, yes. And it, it, whether it's consensual filming, non-consensual filming, the invasion of privacy, they're, mm-hmm. they're big issues. Yes. And using those moments as punishment or threats or weapons, holding them over someone. Threats and, yes. Weapons. Yeah. yeah. It's just so wrong. So yes. Wrong. So it's good to see that the laws are coming in. Yes, uh, that we're catching up with what yeah. where our society needs to be. Yes. Yeah. But, oh, my goodness, that exploration was just so interesting. And, yeah, because I think I can't have been the only one who was comparing it to 1980, like that modern day and what would have happened mm. and how impossible that would have been for it to have happened in the 1980s storyline. It really is only something yeah. that could have happened in, in modern days. Yeah. I, was... I think it was only in hindsight when I looked back to I realised that what I was writing about was shame yes. um, and the power that the emotion of shame has over us. When mm-hmm. we feel shame or ashamed of something we've done, it makes us very weak and vulnerable. Um, mm. Someone can take advantage of that. With shame, we we cower, we hide. Yes. Um, we don't want to deal with it. Um, and if, even in the 1986 timeline or going back there, you can just get a glimpse of Jeremy's mother, Angela. And we don't really get to know her. There's really only that phone call. But what she experienced in her life was also shame. Yes. And it defined her life going forward from the events yes. that shaped her. And it is, I never intended to write about shame. And it's only when I look back and, and pull apart the book and the themes that are there and I realised that that was a, a theme throughout. And I'll probably investigate it again because I find it fascinating that shame is such a debilitating emotion for people mm. to feel. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it gave me so much to think about. But, yeah, yeah, mm. I look forward to thinking about it more <laughs> with your future books. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you. What is the next one about? Is it a thriller as well? Because I thought that this could easily yeah. not have been a thriller, but that might be just my new thriller <laughs> stars. <laughs> There's um there's such a blurring of, of genre definitions. Uh, like I, this book is classed as crime, even though it's not a procedural in any way. But there's a crime at the heart of it. Two crimes, I guess, at the heart of it. Three, oh, several. Several. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would probably I would probably class it as suspense rather than thriller. Thriller to me 
is action. Yeah, that might be the body count type book. The body count chases the your life is on the edge at different times throughout the book, and I don't think I probably fit in that category. But there's so much blurring of it. Right. Um, The next book is Seth and Hobart. Yay. Um, I don't know how much I can say yet, but yay. (laughs) It's about an actress who has renovated a magnificent old house and the only way she's going to get to keep it is to take in some tenants. Ah. So she takes in two unlikely women. She's a bit of a recluse, so this whole thing is very hard for her. And then it turns out that someone's got a vendetta against her. So the question is whether it's this tenant she's brought in or someone else in her life from her past. Bad things start to happen. Someone's obviously out to get her and... There's revelations along the way. Oh, sounds fantastic. <laughs> sounds so good. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at it at the moment and having total second book jitters. Oh, when is it out, Joe? We'll see. January next year, hopefully. Oh, we'll wow. Well. Excellent. We'll yep. well. Yeah. No, it sounds we'll fantastic. <laughs> it must Thank be you. so hard. That's second book jitters. I don't yeah. know. Because <laughs> the second one isn't really a dual timeline. Well, it's not a dual timeline. They're, they're a flashback. So, look, I, I'm confident about my second book. Doesn't mean anything, right? I just keep telling myself that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. Does not matter at all. <laughs> Can't wait. Good we'll luck. See. And so do you have a fascination then with the 1980s or was it just because it was so fun to read about? Was it just as fun to write about was my actual question, please, Joe. Oh, it was so fun to write about. It was so fun to write about. In the end, I, d- I didn't choose the 1986 because I wanted to be immersed in it. Or well, That was just a very positive. Happy time. coincidence then? That would have been Happy wonderful. coincidence. It was more that I needed a gap in time that allowed for these people to have grown or turn into adults, become adults and for time to have passed and what have you so it just sort of fitted together that way but it was so enjoyable and one of the fun things I did was actually go on eBay and buy a whole lot of Clio and Cosmo and Dolly magazines from 1986 and 1987 oh my talk about how things have changed it was <laughs> it was eye-opening I guess attitudes it's yeah. not just fashion and music it's attitudes yeah um, quite astonishing Probably. and the one I'm writing now yeah yeah dual timeline if, if it comes together 98 99 which doesn't sound that long ago but that's like 20 five years ago yeah i know it's we were all on dial up internet yeah. And, um, yeah thought i was an adult in 1999 oh. didn't we all yeah i'm so pleased to hear it but also i think you captured the 1980s not being stereotypical but just living it i think you did that just mm. beautifully what it would have felt like <laughs> it's, it's funny the things that people pick up from the 1986 scenes that resonated with them um west coast coolers like i just had people go oh my god west coast coolers it's like it's just such a little thing the Madonna, you know, the, the fingerless gloves, which everyone had because even if you couldn't afford the whole outfit, you could buy the little lace gloves from, you know, Cherry Lane or Sports Girl or something like that. So that was the, I couldn't yeah. wait to grow up and buy a pair of fingerless gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the pearls, the long strings of uh, of fake pearls. Yeah. Yeah. So classy. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so much fun writing that. And I think I'm glad you said I didn't overdo it because I was very conscious of not just throwing piles and piles of stuff in. It just had to be seasoning um, yes. you know, the salt and pepper of the story that that set that scene and, and made it realistic yeah cask wine i've had lots of people go oh my god the cask wine no one had bottles wow no one had casks in their fridge you know moselle and wheat dry wine or dry dry oh i don't know <laughs> oh that is so funny i thought it was just my family <laughs> no. 
because of course everything we didn't have screw tops and nothing to make it easy it was just and all the good the good wines were in cask as well we weren't as fussy wow. about our wine back then we just <laughs> good cask wine. two litre cask in the fridge what did you do before writing so much else um yeah because you've so got from, real empathy with all of your characters that I think you must have done lots yeah <laughs> I've never had a really really clear career path I faffed about basically for years I've got one and a half degrees and a master's so <laughs> you know, studied at different times in my life did I was a travel agent for my early years in a sales rep for a travel company um, which was the best job in the world because my job was to take travel agents from interstate to Queensland to show oh, them wow. Ireland, to take them to Hayman Island to take them to Cairns and Port Douglas so that was my job part of my job how did I spend so much time waitressing that's what a job oh, description it was, it was the most fantastic burnout it took me two years to burn out from a job at, while I was doing it it was the best job we very little accountability there's lots of travel still love a good hotel room from about 2012 2012 I moved down here to Tassie and we're on 25 acres so we've got quite a bit of land quite a lot of animals and when I moved here the house was just a house in a bare paddock so we've really worked hands-on digging work to get gardens going to develop the property so I don't go out to work um, I don't have a paid job um, so I uh, which is fabulous but also limiting I guess and my husband works overseas so I would uh-huh. I'm here running the property doing the day-to-day stuff and also yes. while the kids were at home I was run, looking after them yeah um, and writing 25 acres and, and so have you turned that yeah. into lots yeah. of gardens like yeah at home and garden so. gardens like <laughs> we had our first open garden last year which was amazing oh, so we wow. I'm not very good at productive gardens but ornamental gardens we've got winding paths and hedges and oh. huge trees and so we've taken what was literally bare paddock with nothing but blackberry and bracken on it it was just a mess um, and pretty much transformed it which has been very very satisfying never ending and there are times um, where I just get totally over weeping and garden work and I think you'll find some some photos or and some walkthroughs of the garden what have you oh um, wow you yeah. we're very proud of it and there's a lot more work to rightly do. so yeah I bet it's, it's just a big never ending a big but project. what a project oh, it's never ending yeah there's so much to do I used to write lists a lot and these days I don't because the act of writing the list is so hard. <laughs> so I just I go out in the morning, you know, take the dogs for a walk and what have you, and I will mentally look around and go, right, that needs to be done, that needs to be done, that, that can wait, that can wait, that can wait. And you know, depending on what's happening with the writing, I'll put things off or come back to them or go out for half an hour and rip some weeds out or something. So and then oh. in between, I um, I'm pretty much writing full time at the moment. Yes, yeah, yeah, you sure yeah. you would have to be, which is yeah. But I'm looking at yeah. your bookshelves as well, so there's two minutes so I'm just going to ask the question you read so widely yeah. look at all of the I different do. titles yeah I'm looking at looking in thrillers up and there. this is We've got the crime this is only probably a very small part of it. We've got a, a lot more books inside. Spain yeah, I love Spain. suspense. Yeah, I love I love a bit of women's fiction. Um, and there's Beth O'Leary. So Beth O'Leary up there. Yeah, she's got a new one coming out. So, yes, I'm super um, excited for it. Tell you what I loved recently was Michelle Upton's Terms of Inheritance. Oh, I have not read that yeah. yet. That was another oh, one that highly, I bought straight away. <laughs> highly, there. I don't think I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, that was a gorgeous read that made me cry. Oh, um, what else? Yeah, so there's all the suspense stuff. Yeah. Um, there's this up here there's one post apocalyptic fiction, you know, end of the world stuff. Bit of a fan <laughs> of that. Um 
it's everything up there. It's incredibly the wide. I can't yeah. believe how many different types of books there are. I kept catching my eye. It was wonderful. <laughs> Looking at people's bookshelves. And this is why I buy books as opposed to e-books. I mean, there are times you want an e-book when you're traveling and what have you, yeah. what the lightness and the convenience. But books on a shelf will always start a conversation with another reader. If you, a reader comes into your house and you've got books on your shelf or you see them like you do here, it starts a conversation. Yes, doesn't you it? see what yeah. books you've got. Yes. You can't do that with your Kindle. You can't pass your Kindle to your, uh, someone come in for coffee and say, flick through this and see Oh, yeah, think. I think you really love this one. Flick through, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of these are still on my TBR. Yeah, so I haven't read everything. Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readerbook podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadabook.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readabook.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.